Hey, this is Greg Dulcich. You're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap. Uh, also today, uh, brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Go to underdogfantasy.com, use promo code ROSTER, get up to $100 in deposit bonus. Um, or get to uh, deposit, geez, I just, I, I, this is early to be doing these reads with no, with no. Uh, <laughs> me, I hear you, man. Let me start that over. You, you hear our guest. Uh, Nate Hamilton here. Uh, let me start that over about underdog. Go to underdog fantasy, get a 100% deposit match up to $100. When you use promo code roster again, that's a 100% uh, deposit match up to $100. When you use promo code roster joining me today, a great friend of the show. He's been on the show before you've seen him, you know him, you love him. His name is Nate Hamilton. You can find him on Twitter at dominate FF. Uh, he's now the editor at gambling.com. So I asked, right. before, I, I, I asked him before, man, Nate, good to see you, brother. Now, yeah, you're, you you're, you're officially a gambler now as, as, as <laughs> yeah. a fantasy player. Is that the deal? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting into odds and all that fun stuff. Uh, you know, I used, I did because I'm into fantasy football, I had already been doing like prop bets and stuff because it's very, you know, in line with fantasy football, but now I'm really getting into, you know, Heisman odds and, you know, I'm branching out a bit um, more so than just fantasy this year. So it's uh, I'm excited. Well, I, I want to talk to you about some of these season long props on some of these players. We have the season long props tool up at roster watch. Maybe we'll get your, whether you like the over or the under on some of these guys that I'll read off to you, but dude, I think that the news of the day, the main thing that we got to hit on before I get, I get you out of here, what, we, we, we got to hear Nate's take on Julio Jones to Tampa Bay. And I'll just tell all prefaces by saying that, you know, this was something on the radio show I talked about last night, or the, I guess the night before last, you know, we're just now holding out. We were just then holding out saying like, you know, it's going to be any day now that Julio signs somewhere that Will Fuller signs somewhere. Um, before we talk about Julio, just what do you think though about Will Fuller? Like, do, do, do you think that, do you think he's going to sign anywhere? It's been really weird on that end. Right. Like uh, he, th- I mean, th- th- They've come straight out and asked, like the brass at Cleveland, whether or not right. they've been interested. They've are, they've said no on record. It feels like the Green Bay Packers have sort of taken a similar stance. That was a popular destination that people were kind of sending him to. Do you think that Will Fuller? I mean, I guess just the other day we were worried about Julio Jones being done. I, I mean, do do you think that Will Fuller's done? Well, I think that's the thing is they're both pretty similar, right? Where they've had, you know, they're getting older. You know, uh, Will Fuller's obviously a little bit younger than Julio, but. Um, as far as injuries go, they're just like their bodies have aged tremendously because they've been injured so much the last few years. And if Julio Jones name was Will Fuller, he, he wouldn't be on a roster right now. So I think what it would take is a significant amount of injuries to somebody's wide receiver core uh, before Will Fuller is even considered um, Julio Jones. 
to Tampa. I mean, obviously, anybody playing with Tom Brady, you're going to love that. But that's such a crowded uh, wide receiver uh, group they have there. And if anything, from a fantasy perspective, what it does for me is damper a little bit the expectations that a lot of us had for a late round uh, wide receiver in Russell Gage. So I think they're just going to eat into each other's work. Um, but you don't have to worry about Chris Godwin and and Mike Evans uh, being the top guys there. Russell Gage, he he had gotten to where he wasn't. See, he wasn't such a late round guy <laughs> recently either, right? It's like if yeah. I mean I remember I remember the good old days when you could get Russell Gage in the you know eleventh round of these drafts. If you, I just I, I just wanted to pull up pull it up on Underdog and see what is what is what is uh, ADP is now up to here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he was like a favorite late round wide receiver, which now because of the Julio signing, I think it will remain that way. I think his ADP started to rise and what's going to happen now that Julio's there is you'll be able to get Russell Gage at a value again. 71.6 is what current ADP yeah. on underdog. And then let's just see how that relates to redraft. So redraft right now, just half point PPR. If we look at the expert consensus over on fantasy pros, we know how managed leagues are just so much different than these uh, other ones. So yeah, so 71.6, that's not even still early, but I mean, we're talking 72 is the end of the seventh round. So that's the end of the seventh round in underdog. And he's going at the middle of the ninth in redraft. So it looks like, you know, maybe the redraft players who hadn't bought in so heavily to this idea that, you know, Chris Godwin was. And here's the thing, dude. I mean, people had just bought into the idea that Chris Godwin was going to miss a substantial amount of time. That was a late season injury, I believe, December 19th of last year. And all the doc, all the Twitter doctors, including Dr. David Chow, who's the best of all of them, yeah. say that he's not going to be effective for the first half of the season. You almost it was almost assured he was going to start out on IR, but he met, he he dodged the active pup. Like yeah, I mean he, exactly. So he he looks like he's ready to go early on. There may be some concern there from the organization, which may be the reason why they brought Julio Jones on. Um, but again. You know, you're talking Julio Jones, even though he's he's past his prime, you know, Tom Brady can make anybody look good. So but the, the uh, going back to that wide receiver core, though, Brashard Perriman, I believe, is still on that roster. I think so. And yeah. and he connected with Tom Brady for a bit, too. So I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. But as far as like for fantasy purposes, I'm not sure I'm going to reach for Julio Jones at this stage of his career. Yeah. I, and well, where do you think his ADP is going to settle in? I mean, I'm just, I'm looking at it right now and I, I added him on the cheat sheet on the spot where we're just, we're not going to get him, you know, we're not going to get him because right. I, 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 I tweeted this out last night, like his player, his, his player profiler page over player profiler. If you look at the injury section where they have like the little robot injury guys, we can see kind of where they've been injured on their body. Dude, for one, he looks like a cyborg. And for right. two, it's like the long cat of injury lists. It's unbelievable. It's like this, this thing goes back to, to 2011. I mean, look at – I mean, 
a foot a, a foot fracture in the fifth metatarsal, a hamstring strain, a back strain, an ankle strain, a thumb contusion, a quad strain, a hand contusion, an ankle sprain, a knee strain, another foot fracture of the fifth metatarsal, this time missed 11 weeks, an ankle sprain, a hip strain. We're only up to the year 2014, Nate. Yeah, uh, a, a, a hamstring strain, a toe contusion, a knee contusion, an ankle strain. We're still in 2016. A, a a calf strain, a toe sprain, an, a calf strain, a hip flexor strain, a shoulder sprain, a hamstring strain, and then just coming into last year, the leg injury to start training camp, and then the hamstring strain that put him on IR uh, in you know in that season. So it's like last season, Julio didn't look like Julio, and you know, I, I I was I was saying that in our in our group text and my co-partners or, you know, trash man and Byron were saying, um, they're like, well, he was injured last year. I'm like, yeah, well, fuck, of course he's fucking always injured. Like, yeah. So I, I mean, I just, I just read off this whole list, but yeah. I mean, Nate, like when you, when you think about this with Julio and you think about this with Godwin and you, you know, you realize that maybe gauge is being somewhat diminished there was talk like there was first there was talk about Cameron Brait, whether the, with no Rob Gronkowski, if he, right. he could be able to step up in a red zone world, then that got completely blown to smithereens once they brought in Kyle Rudolph. Like, right. and then people were like, well, Rudolph, that could be interesting. You know, you remember him as Rudolph, the red zone reindeer from his time, his mainly from his time in Minnesota, but of course comes down from uh, New York where he's been most recently. Do you, do you like this has, this has effects on everybody, yeah. and I just—I mean—it feels like the the whole thin tight end stuff has been obliterated. It feels like any talk of Mike Evans possibly being above players who were sort of in these new situations or in these sort of you know interesting situations. Like I feel like before before the Godwin stuff and before the Julio stuff, that you could have made a case to take Mike Evans over. Devonte Adams in what is a new role with him competing with Hunter Renfro, him competing with Darren Waller, him not being just the number one focus right. of, of his quarterback this year. I mean, I'm not sure I like, I'm not sure I love the case, but you could, you could, you, you, you could have at least made that case. Yeah. You right. Have, you wouldn't be laughed off the stage for saying something like that. You could, sure. you could have been laughed off the stage for saying that you like Mike Evans over Tyreek Hill, who's going to yeah. a, a new kind of a new quarterback, we're not sure he's any good. Exactly. You know, he's, he's got Jalen Waddle to deal with. You could make a case for him over Debo Samuel, who's not going to score another nine rushing touchdowns this year, especially with a rushing quarterback like Trey Lance. Um, I, I wonder, like, what do you think now about Mike Evans? Were you high on him? And then, sort of, where do you see him now, vis-a-vis all those guys? I mean, it feels like we got to be taking Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, probably Debo at this point, all over Mike Evans. Where does the is it, do, you, do you feel the same way? And then like sort of where, I mean, do you get to the Keenan Allens of the world or the Michael I mean, Pittons of the world? That's or- the thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that worried about Mike Evans, especially with Gronk. If he's Gronk's really not coming back. And I've watched a couple of interviews with him. I'm, I'm starting to believe he's not. Oh no, 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 no. He ain't coming back. Like I, I, I totally buy what you like, whatever you because I agree with you, Nate, like you got to yeah. watch the interviews and you can see like, he like, he doesn't feel like he's feeling it. Like you, you could tell right. before he still has a little bit of, Sneak a little sneaky sh- shimmer in his eye when he talks about football. No, now he laughs it off for real. Yeah. Like he's genuinely like, no, no, I'm good because he's he is doing other business ventures and things like that. So good for him. His body's taken too many hits over the years, and you know, for a big guy like that, it's gonna wear on you. So he's do he's making the right move. However, you know, prior to that decision, 
he was the biggest threat in the red zone for to take away from Mike Evans, right? So without him there, I think Mike Evans even moves up just a little bit for me. Um, Julio Jones obviously could become a red zone target for for uh, Brady, but again, you just listed off the amount of injuries he's had over the years and why he's at the tail end of his career. Mike Evans is not there yet. Mike Evans still the guy for for Brady. So. I have him right now as a wide receiver nine, and I'm not going to move him. The 2022 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it, three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. An expert quality draft is always guaranteed. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. It's only at rosterwatch.com. Mike Evans is wide receiver nine. So do you have, but okay. So you have him above. So basically all the, so all the guys I mentioned, you have, you have, you have Devontae Adams above him. You have Tyree Kill above him and you have Debo Samuel above him, but you are, you have Mike Evans ahead of Keenan Allen. And Michael Correct. Pittman and stuff like AJ yes. Brown, T. Yeah, but they're all close. All those yeah, guys no. mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. Yeah. And dude, it's funny. It's funny. It's like clear clearly I, I hadn't talked to you about this, but that's that's exactly where I landed. <laughs> like nice. I, I, I did have Evans up higher though. I had Evans yeah. up higher. I mean, I, I made the case that he's got to be up at least over Tyreek Hill. And I, I feel like with the Devontae Adams, it was like right there. You know, I feel like you could go either way when you were faced with that pick. I don't feel that same way anymore what about at the running back spot um Leonard Fournette you know showed up fat he did look bad but, yeah, yeah you know but the reports came back yesterday Rick Stroud reported that he uh, his official weight reporting back to camp was 245 that falls exactly in line with what his trainer was saying that he had gotten down into the mid to low 240s he was expecting to be in the 230s by the time the football started, and that's where he's played for these last couple yeah. years. Even though he's been listed at two twenty eight, he's played it more close to you know two thirty five to two thirty eight. Um, are you okay with uh, Leonard Fournette? My take is, you know, and people who've listened to the pod or listened to the radio show, they know I love Rashad White. We've been talking Rashad White yeah. up ever since we saw him at the Senior Bowl. I just don't know how much Tom Brady's going to trust a trust a rookie. That's the know. thing. See, with Tom Brady, he loves his veterans, right? And and it, he's won a Super Bowl with Leonard Fournette. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to be his automatic go-to no matter what. And as you said, Fournette's already a bigger running back, right? 238 is where he he's typically at. If he's at 245 now, that's seven pounds between now and even the preseason, even, you know, uh, the the you know preceding game start so letter fournette to me i am not worried about it It, if anything his social media presence is what has me not worried because if he just kind of sat back and allowed everyone to talk about that and didn't say anything then i'd be like wow he's not even defending himself because that there is a real issue there but he just tweeted out recently like a picture of himself like uh, his face over some bigger guy and said, that's me reporting to, you know, training camp. So he's he's even laughing it off that he mm-hmm. thinks it's funny that people are even making a big deal about it. So, no, for me, I'm not – at least this year, I'm not worried about Leonard Fournette uh, being overtaken by, you know, a rookie, uh, you know, to, to going into this season. There's no way. Well, yeah, I think that's a good point, Nate, because you, you said that um, – you said that – 
basically what I heard you say is that he, if he was self-conscious or worried about this stuff, he wouldn't be clowning on himself in public. He, he wouldn't right. be this self to like whatever you're legit kind of worried about something or kind of eats at you or like, you, you know, like you're not going to be bringing it up. You're going to be trying to, you're going to be trying to distance yourself from any talk of that kind Correct. of stuff. So yeah, that, that makes plenty of, that makes plenty of sense to me. Um, so, you know, some of the other news as far as these guys, not, you know, you know, definitely not as uh, uh, lighthearted, I guess, of news as Leonard Fournette being fat is Chris Carson's got a busted neck. He's done playing football. So we wish him all the wish him all the best of luck. He's, um, you know, he's a guy like he's actually a really good guy. Like we know that we know his agent. Um, I, I feel real. I feel really bad. He was really hoping he would be able to make it back. But he's just he's he's not going to be able to. His, I think his neck is just beyond messed up. Um, it's too but, bad. He's 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 honestly one of my favorite running backs to watch. And he's 27 years old. He's a young guy. You know, this has got to be devastating for him. It, and, and you know, I picked him at the what, the 20th round of this codfish bowl. <laughs> there goes that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm going to hold on to him, though, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks, I think. And just just, just in, case. in case, because. Yeah. You know, I did read something where they had done this with other players just so that they were able to get their money and their guaranteed money or their their um, bonuses or whatnot for someone who had. So retiring was actually the smart thing for Chris Carson to do to ensure that he did get the money that was owed to him. Mm-hmm. So, But there is still hope that if by some miracle, uh, you know, things shape up for him that we could see him on the field again. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but, you know, a guy like Chris Carson, man, he's he was just fun to watch. And it's just too bad that that's that's what happened. By by some miracle, you mean Rashad Penny or Kenneth Walker getting hurt? Like what, what <laughs> no, kind of miracle are you hoping for here? Nate? <laughs> no, I wouldn't think that. It, it's all about Chris Carson. So right, if Chris right. Carson is healthy enough to be on the field, then he'll get a shot to be on the field. I don't think it's going to take an injury to to drag him out of retirement. I think it's all about him. Okay, so let me just ask you this. This was something in another just this time of year, dude. Or as we're um and I know you probably have your this kind of stuff with your coworkers too, but it's like we I was texting with Trashman and Byron yesterday about how this clump of running backs that involve this kind of these eighth round running backs, right? That yeah. kind of involve Rashad Penny, they involve Kenneth Walker. They involve guys like Kareem Hunt and Cordero Patterson, Damian Harris, Melvin Gordon. That that that's a the that eighth eighth-ish round area, eighth, early ninth round is a spot. Tony Pollard's in there. Yeah. That's a place where you can you can pick off a lot of these guys, especially if you start, you know, really heavy at wide receiver. You go kind of early tight end, you go with the Kelsey or an Andrews or um something like that or if you know you're in a super flex league and you just get you know you pick off two quarterbacks right off the bat and you yeah. start out with one of these you know one of these anchor running backs like a you know like a cam Akers or something right, you know, right. like this a little bit lower down the totem pole of uh, these are the kind of guys you can round out some of your depth with are there any like what do you think that this means for Rashad Penny and for Kenneth Walker specifically and then do you have just have any general overall takes about any of those guys in that area that we discussed, the Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, 
Port Errol, Tony, Tony Pollard, any of those guys who you're either higher on or lower on than, than, than the consensus might be. So, so the tier you just discussed, even though he's not the lead guy, it's still Melvin Gordon for me, who's, who's above all those guys. You know, everyone wants to write him off because of the young guys there. And it, they are going if they, there's a reason why they kept him on the roster. They signed mm-hmm. him again to another year. He's young still. He still showed that he can be a dominant force on the field, whether, you know, it's it's alone or with Javonta Williams, um, you know, next to him. So, you know, they're very similar to the Cleveland Browns with, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, but Melvin Gordon, to me, deserves to be, you know, above the tier that we just mentioned, but that's where he's going. So to me, he's the biggest value um, in that group that you discussed. Talking about Rashard Penny and and Kenneth Walker, Pete Carroll has, has talked about how much he loves Rashard Penny. Like he's just, he hasn't been, you know, quiet about it. And looking at their quarterback situation, we know they're going to lean heavily on the run game. They did it with Russell Wilson at quarterback. So whether it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke, that run game, they're going to get plenty of work. So, you know, you're going to be able to get Kenneth Walker later and redraft, um, you know, drafts uh, than Rashard Penny. So if you want to wait, I think Kenneth Walker is going to see a good amount of work um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be 50, 50. I don't think it will be. I think Rashard Penny's still going to be the guy at least to start the season, but if Kenneth Walker, he's, he's in a great situation now with Chris Carson out of the picture where he can outshine Rashard Penny and, and start taking, uh, you know, um, you know, carries away from him as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, people are forgetting how good Kenny Walker is. I mean, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been guilty of forgetting how good Kenny Walker is just because this whole, after he got drafted by Seattle, it felt like such a bummer. It's like, oh man, is this going right. to really like, but you know, he's like, you just, you go back and you just watch, the, you just watch that last, you watch that last season of college, watch the tape. And you remember, man, as far as a pure runner, he's one of the best. He's literally one of the best that we've seen in, in the last you know, half a, half a decade or so. So, um, certainly- yeah, for a better position than what he's in right now, especially as a rookie, uh, he's on a team where, as I said, very focused on, on running this season and, and their top guy just retired. So, um, yeah, yeah he's in a great spot. And, and let's not forget, Nate, I mean, dude, this was a team. I mean, yeah, they love Rashad Penny for what he did down the stretch that this this year. But you got to remember, this is a team that was disenfranchised with Rashad Penny. They didn't even exercise their fifth year option on him right. be, be, before last season. Now imagine now they want to kick themselves in the nuts over that now. Um, all right. And then uh, one other thing. Before I before I let you go here again, we're on with Nate Hamilton. We appreciate him t- taking some time so early here this morning before he's got to hop into another meeting. <laughs> Mr. Big Shot editor over at gambling.com. <laughs> uh, you can find him on Twitter at Dominate FF. I just I figure just while while we're here, just the last thing I'll ask you, Nate. Um, because dude, James Robinson dodging the pub, I felt like was big news. Um, how does this make you feel about Travis Etienne because he was a guy who if I could get him in the fifth round of drafts I was I was taking that putting it in the bank I've been banking on that for best ball dating you know dating back to March so yep. um 
honestly not i'm not too thrilled about that now <laughs> i'm just no, I'm, no. I'm, 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 I'm a little bit worried so talk about etn and also if you could i also just want to hear your take i mean we just need to discuss james robinson like where does yeah. he go is he going to be available to play um i've kind of settled in on james robinson sort of being in but definitely below that tier that we just discussed right yeah. not, not not with those guys but then after you get down closer to the dudes who are going like where the Buffalo guys are going, um, yeah. who you don't really know where James Cook or, you know, Devin Singletary, how this thing's going to pan out. I would certainly side with the James Cook side of that thing. For guys sure. like Michael Carter up in up for the Jets now yeah. that now that um of course Brees Hall is there. You know, Ramondre Stevenson's picking up some steam, but he's kind of in I, I kind of see him, I kind of see James Robinson kind of squeezing into that area, maybe a little bit below that tier we talked about, a little bit below maybe the Miles Sanders is in the Chase Edmonds is of the world, but kind of right yeah. in that pocket. Uh, what do you think about ETN and what do you see about James Robinson about where you'll be, you know, interested in tar- actually targeting that guy? Sure. I mean, I think James Robinson for me is going to be a great value. Um, we've seen how dominant he can be uh, in the full-time role. Right. Um, and it worked. It just worked for, for the Jaguars. I mean, obviously they don't win a lot of games anyway, um, but there is, more concern than usual for me out of a young running back when it comes to Travis ATN because, you know, they drafted Trevor Lawrence's teammate, you know, so yeah. like back to back, they drafted, you know, Trevor Lawrence, and then they went ahead to make him feel comfortable and drafted his teammate uh, in, in the backfield. And, you know, all intents and purposes, I think what happened is, you know, because of the injury, ATN was redshirted, right? We could we could basically say he was redshirted his yeah, first sure. season. So, but now he sat on the sidelines watching and studying the you know playbook, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be very heavily involved, which is going to hurt James Robinson, no doubt about it, because he there's no way we're gonna see the same workload out of Robinson as we have in the past with ATN there, um, especially if you know Trevor Lawrence and and ATN have that chemistry um they're going to want to keep him on the field as much as possible but i do believe for where you're drafting james robinson it's it's a low risk high reward situation because who knows something else could happen atn again uh and it could just end up being one of those types of careers for a guy like that where you know everyone's so anticipated on what's going to happen if he's going to come in and just have an effect and then he goes down with an injury and, you know, we're always talking about who's behind that guy. So for me, it, James Robinson's still worth the pick, uh, you know, especially for where he's going, he's going late. Um, and ATN, uh, he, he's another upside guy, but for me, I think he might be going a little too early than I'm more comfortable uh, taking him.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 